how to get a stuck employee to be unstuck in a coaching session. That's what we're going to learn today. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. And welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hi, Rory. Paul, it is great to be here. Thank you, my friend. It is great to talk to you again. Now, this week, in addition to talking about your passion for coaching and how it affects people's potential, you are talking to your friend Clinton Wilson about the same thing. Absolutely. Clinton's a, a trainer and a coach in Louisiana, and uh, he had a great story that he used called Play, Pass, or Counteroffer, and he had an employee who was stuck, and he's passionate about helping people grow, and uh, and this was a successful coaching uh, scenario where he was stuck. He didn't know what to do. He was literally out of his bag of tricks with regards to coaching, how he's going to get this employee over the hump, and uh, really just worked with them and, and did that. And so whenever you're working with somebody that you're a little bit stuck with, this is a great way to do it. And, and I get geeked up about these stories because that's the reason I do these podcasts and do this process is I love to see people uh, be successful. I love to see people grow. I love to see managers have more control of their life, uh, feel less stress, uh, see their employees grow, see better business results. And so all of those things are the reasons I do this. And then Clinton's story today is a great example of how you can use pass, play, or counteroffer in order to get a stuck employee unstuck so that you can get the, the success and rewards that you want in your organization. So I just loved his story, and that's what we're going to talk about today. That's great, because we've all either been stuck or had team members that are stuck. So I can't wait to hear Absolutely. it. Here is your conversation with Clinton Wilson. Hey, here we are today with Clinton Wilson. He's a trainer with an organization in Louisiana. I've been training for about five years, coaching for about five years. So, Clinton, glad to have you here, my friend. Thanks a lot, Roy. It's good to be here, man. It is good to be alive, good to be vertical, good to be upright. Life is good. So we're going to talk today about a game you played with one of your folks that you were coaching called Pass, Play, or Counteroffer. Is that right? That's right. You got it. And it was somebody who was stuck, and this was a way for you to get them unstuck. Because when managers are out there coaching with folks, they sometimes get stuck and they don't know what to do and how to go about it, and they're stuck. And so you've got a tip today when somebody's stuck, how to get unstuck and to get on the, the, the right path and to get going and things like that. Is that correct? That's absolutely right, man. Uh, so we were, we were doing a training program, and, um, okay. and so we were, we were going through it, and she was getting frustrated, and I could tell – you know, th things were going downhill fast. <laughs> sure. And so she she started to get emotional and she started to cry. Well, at that point, you know, I immediately called a break. I said, all right, we're going to take a 15 and we're going to get out of here. So, of course, I, we got to a, a spot. She went outside and I went outside. And now I asked her, I said, so what's going on? Why are you crying now? <laughs> I may, I may not be the smartest man in the bunch, and yes, I still burn hamburger helper on a regular basis. But I asked her this, you know, with my with my great tact, and I asked her. I said, "Hey, so what's going on? Why are you crying?" And now we had this relationship, right? We we have a relationship where I can ask her that kind of thing. And for anybody who's listening out out there, and you run into one of your employees crying, 
don't, please, please, I beg of you, don't go up and say, that guy Clinton said that for me to ask you, what are you doing here crying? Because that's not going to go over well for anybody else. <laughs> so so I asked crying, that. Probably not, probably not a good thing to do is why are you crying? That's right. That's right. You got to know that this is good. you're going to have a good response from this person because I'm going to tell you right now, you start off like that, you might as well just go ahead and hang it up and, and, and be done for the day. <laughs> right. Because the, 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 the scenario is if you ask the why or ask what's happening, and so you, what you're saying is you had a strong enough relationship where you could ask that. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't, especially when somebody's emotional about something, if you come downhill at them, they close up. They're immediately done. And that's what I couldn't do with her. But we had that relationship to where we're very, she was very direct. I was very direct. She wanted to get to the point. I wanted to get to the point. And so she asked her that question and, and of course she was like, I don't know. I, I'm just, I, I'm not liking this. I said, okay, so what do you think happened? What do you think were some of the things that, that made you cry? And she said, well, I just want everything to be perfect. I'm a perfectionist. I want to, I want to do this right the first time. So we went through some more talking about that and gave her some time to really decompress from that. You know, once you start getting really emotional, you kind of just have to let it out. Um, right. So we started talking about that and we got to a point to where it felt like, you know, she had a good grasp around what she was doing. So I said, so what do you think are some ways we could fix this? What are some solutions that you see? She said, I don't know. So I reached into my coaching tool belt and I said, all right, I got you on this one. <laughs> and I said, okay, in a perfect world, if everything were looking great, and I'm talking, I'm animated here. I'm swinging arms around. I'm I'm just, I'm talking about all the good stuff. If this was just a perfect world, everything went the way you wanted to do, what would it look like? And man, I'm amped for the answer. And she says, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm telling you. you gotta, and at and, that point, you're, you're, and you're looking down. I, I, I get this image of you at that point. You're looking down at your bag of coaching tricks, and I'm thinking you're seeing the bottom of the bag. Is that right? <laughs> exactly right. I didn't have many tricks in the bag to begin with, and she just used up one of the only ones I had. So, right, so you ask the perfect world question, and you're going, okay, what do I do now? And so, yeah, uh, that's that, and, and so you didn't panic though. You didn't panic. And uh, no, so no, then no. What did you do next? Well, I said, okay, well, let's just make something up. Let's let's just make something up. What do you think? If you just had to make this up, what would be a good solution? See, I don't know me one more time, and you're exactly right. <laughs> At that point, you're thinking, okay, I should have seen results by now. We would have this amazing solution. And then instead, you're sitting here with a person who's staring at you saying, you got to come up with something here. <laughs> and you're thinking, no, that's not how this goes. That's not how this – that's all the books say differently. And right. it's just sort of that imperfect world that we live in. So you know, I said, the, okay. That is the great – well, hold on. I just want to, go, I want to go back to that for a second. That's a great thing about sure. the books. Their books always have the perfect coaching scenario. You know, there's, there's none of them where they go – Oh, this was a dead end. Oh, that was a dead end. Oh, this was a dead end. They, you know, they always have the perfect exactly. coaching scenario. So you're you're going, okay, if I do this from the coaching book standpoint, we should be there by now. And you know, oh, yeah. you can almost hear the twelve. You can almost hear the twelve year old in the backseat of the car. Are we there yet? No, we're not. We're confused right now. She doesn't know what to do. We're not there yet. Exactly. And, you, and you're thinking, games. okay, I got to find a way to pull off this road, or else I'm going to go crazy. And right. You know, that's it's exactly the way it feels. You read these coaching books and you think, man, I wish I could hire that person because 
these coaches right. in the books, they ask one question. You would have think you would have thought they were in this huge room full of people just giving their big public speech to their big solution to the problem that for me, right. I have a problem coming up with solutions to their problems. <laughs> sure. But one of the things I noticed with her, she kept saying this. I don't know. So I said, okay, can we play a game? And of course I got a weird look from that because what right. manager just says in the middle of a, a quote unquote crisis situation, Hey, let's play a game. So, right. I asked her, can we play a game? She said, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so it's called pass, play, or counteroffer. And what we're going to do is we're going to brainstorm through some solutions here. If you like it, then let's play, and then you do it. If you don't like it, then say pass, and then we don't do that one. Now, if you like it but you think I'm kind of dumb with it, then you counteroffer and you make it right. And we did that, and she took the first one. Um, we came up with a solution. We talked about it. And she said, yes, I like that. And she said, play. And we went with it. She nailed it. She nailed what she was working on. And it was a really cool interaction just to see she bought into the solution. It wasn't necessarily that I came up with something and it was all the Clinton show. It was she came up with the solution. She was able to buy into it and she was able to live it out. Right. And and that that is so powerful when when she does that. So you went through the the pass uh, the play pass or counteroffer game, right? Right, right. And and she came up with a solution. I mean, finally, you know, she didn't she didn't get the first solution, but you finally you finally did get there. No, she actually did take my first solution. And looking back on it, I always you know. I ask for feedback from people, but often I look at a coaching situation, I go back and I think, how could that have been better? And one of the questions I wished I would have asked, and, I, and everyone listening that's going to play this game, is asking after they, if they take your first solution, they take your second solution, they take your tenth solution, um, is asking them, what do, you, what do you think about this solution will help you? And have them repeat that back to you. And what that does is it gives them the ability to explain, well, I think it will do X, Y, and Z for me. And you can even go as far as it's something that, you know, for this one, I didn't need to make a follow-up date because we were about to follow up right then. But if you need a follow-up date, that's where you can start finding that. What do you think will work and when can we expect to see results? And that was so – that's such a powerful question, I think, that could be added to make this game even better especially for people who are saying, I don't know. Um, right. There's a great book called Effective Coaching by Marshall J. Cook and Laura Poole. And in it, yeah. they talk about these people who are the employees that come into you, and they have no idea how to go through this coaching process. And right. they've never had a manager who is um, wanting their input. Uh, they may not know how to participate in problem solving. They may have difficulty tapping their own resources to potential because no one has ever challenged them to do so. Is a quote from that book, and right. that to me well, was I, so surreal to understand that. Well, I think that's the important key too, and you, and you recognize this too with the with the folks that you work with, and 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 with the folks I work with. I ask people ahead of time when I start doing a coaching seminar, a coaching training session. I ask them how many people have been taught this, or how many people taught that. And typically, I only get maybe 10 to 20% of the hands go up. So the vast majority of, of folks in the world, the, the vast majority of, of managers in, in North America, have not been taught how to coach. And since they haven't been taught how to coach, rarely do employees ever get in a scenario where they're there. They're, they're being coached. They're, 
they're so used to the command and control process. And so when you started doing this, you know, she's like a deer in the headlights because she's like, well, what are you doing? You know, all my other managers told me what to do. And now, you know, I, you know, you're, you're, you're asking me questions. How's this work? You know, you're, and, and, and probably in the back of her head, she's probably thinking you're supposed to be the expert here. Why aren't you giving me a solution? Yeah. Where are you at in all this? Right. Why do they pay you more money than me to be the so-called manager? <laughs> and then you're asking me, well, how do we fix it? I feel like That's right. I feel like going up. Well, and, and you got to admit, from the employee's perspective, it's kind of like hiring a plumber, and they walk in and go, "Well, how would you fix this?" <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> That's you know, exactly right. I mean, it's, it, it, isn't that right? I mean, it's like where you go to a mechanic and you go, "Well, you know, I think you had a bad transmission. How would you fix this?" No, I hired you to fix this, and and that's how that's the stuck that's the stuck point employees get stuck with was how do they how do they do that how do they manage it how do they process it and you know how do we go about it so I think that's that's absolutely a a, a great idea so I'm going to kind of go you know for the folks that are listening kind of go back through the steps uh, again so that you know they can say hey this is the process here's the steps that to go through so. The first is you recognize that she was upset, and so you called a timeout and said, um, uh, you know, timeout, and let's take a break for a minute. Because you really what you wanted to do was let her have some time to decompress, right? Absolutely, absolutely. There was there was no – and I, I, to really stress to managers, you know, when you see somebody cry, we sometimes do tend to ignore it. We tend to pull back from it, and if you – let's say we had let that keep, keep going. And how much more frustrated and how much more would her performance have hurt if we hadn't have called that break right then? And right. it was really, really important for her to have that time. Yeah, and I think that's an important key, too. I think let's talk about that just for a second. Because I know early on in my sure. career when an employee would cry, I would, like, freeze. And I'd like, well, I don't know how to handle this. And, <laughs> you know, I'm a manager, and, you know, you're supposed to be professional, and now you're showing all these emotions, and I don't know what to do, and I don't know what's appropriate or not appropriate. And so I would freeze, and, and that wasn't good either. Um, but, of course, <laughs> over the years and in time, <laughs> I know, it was like, ah! So talk about, deer. you know, if you want to make a, a brand-new manager, no, seriously, try this. If you want to make a brand-new manager look like a deer in the headlights, go ahead and cry. They'll do it. They'll, they'll show you the deer in the headlights. Oh, right. <laughs> especially if you're a man, especially if you're a man tear up, you'll see if what happens. I don't know. Um, I'm going to get me I'm some Visine drops, and I'm going in. I'm going in tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going in. Just, I'm put some Visine drops go. in. Go in. Yeah, I'm going to give my boss a good cry. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. If you uh, want to measure your effectiveness as a coach, that's the way to do it. Go ahead and measure your effectiveness right, right, right. as a coach. Get you some Visine drops and see who can coach you through it. Right. <laughs> It's a little hard. Um, <laughs> this management thing, it's hard. It, oh, it there is you go. And the Academy Award goes to Rory Rowland. There you go. No, yeah, I wish. Um, and, and not for <laughs> this is hard. But but the key is the key is number one. You let her. You recognized it. You gave her some time out. But you also let her go outside and decompress for a moment or two, and to Absolutely. let her talk. You just you just let her talk about it. And that was, you know, to get into a solution, that's probably even more important than playing the game, don't you think, is allowing her to decompress and allowing her to talk about what's going on. Absolutely. And it was it was the questions that were asked initially. I didn't talk too much about this, but it was the questions that were asked initially. I think I only asked one question. And 
people who who are crying, you know, they want to let something out. And normally you just ask right. that one question and the dam will explode. Right. And and that allows them to decompress and then once they've got those emotions out of the way, then it's it's um it's the ability then to, you know, let's deal with it, let's find a solution, let's go from there. So, you know, then you 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 basically let her talk about that she's a perfectionist, that this, you know, she's putting herself under so much pressure and, uh, you know, and the challenge of that. And then, so you go back, you talk about that, and then you ask her, you know, the inevitable questions of, you ask her some coaching questions, and then inevitably she doesn't know, which also makes managers freeze. It's like, I don't know. And for folks that are listening, if you want another podcast about I don't know coaching or I don't know moments in coaching, uh, we've got podcast 40. You can go back to look at that. That is podcast 4-0. And you can go back and listen to that. The whole podcast is about I don't how to deal with people. I don't know the mindsets, the beliefs, the attitudes that you should have, and the attitudes that I see people having uh, with managing uh, coaches like that or managing employees like that in that, in that I don't moment. Uh, because some managers will get upset. They'll go, you know, well, you should know. By God, we pay you money for this. And, you know, all those right. attitudes that go along. What would we pay any money for? If you don't know this, my God, this is what you're supposed to be an expert on. Um, that's that voice in the back. Of, it's that, that's that manager voice in the back of your head. We should, right. we should do that. There's, there's self one and self two with Timothy Galloway's book, The Inner Game of Tennis. What we should do is actually go the little manager voice in the back of your head that's critical of all your employees. The, the, uh, the you know, you've got the inner critic, the critic, critical of yourself, but then you've got that outer critic that's critical of everyone else. You know, by God, you should right. be the expert on this. What do you mean you don't know? So I've got us off track here. Please forgive me. But but so you allowed her uh, to decompress. Then you asked her some questions. Yeah. She got stuck. But the thing that I think is very important is you ask her, is it okay if we play a game? So you're asking her permission. You're asking her yeah. permission to, uh, to, to do this. You're asking permission to try this. Absolutely. Because one thing you don't want to do is to rush into something and – Again, you're, if you rush into the game or any other thing like that where you're going to start presenting something, you kind of lose their buy-in a little bit because whose ideas does it become at that point? It's no longer right. the person you're coaching. It's your idea. Asking permission right. is huge. And are they going to say yes? <laughs> yeah, most of the time. I mean, if you get you're a the no, manager, then say yes. right. that's right. Well, you're the manager. So, but if they you're do the say they got to say yes. Right. Right. And that's, there you go. That's self too back there. But right. and, and let's say they did say no. One of the things is it's okay to take a break and say, okay, well, let's take some time and think about this and let's circle back. And that was going to be my last resort. You know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. I like to, I'm very type A personality, but that is sometimes the best thing is for somebody to take some time, think about it and come back to it. Right. Yeah. And, and and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Actually, in Podcast 40, we actually talk about that. Um, we actually say, you know, if they don't know, it's okay to have that as a homework project to, you know, to give them overnight to think about it. Because the other side of the coin is, and we talked about this in Podcast 40, is you've got introverts, you've got extroverts. Introverts think to reach clarity. Extroverts talk to reach clarity. Introverts recharge by themselves. Extroverts recharge with each other. So what you've got to do is be recognized that as a manager and help that to be part of your coaching style so that you can do, you know, you do your job more effectively, you can do your job better. And uh, that's, that's such an important key to that process. So you asked her permission. You said, can we play the game? So then you played pass, play, 
or counteroffer, and she'd happen to take your very first counteroffer. So then, ta-da! Uh, and you're probably at that point you're saying thank you, Jesus, right? That's right. That, that's exactly right. Because I'm telling you, I didn't need any more tears after that. Right. Like you don't know what you're doing as a manager. Ah! That's the last thing you want to hear, right? <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. And again, that's even, a pack-up moment. Though, for you. Even though all of us managing, we really don't know, but we're trying to fake it through this process. And yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Hold on, we're going to find a solution. I have, I don't know what that is yet, but you don't say that part of it. Right. That's right. But the and and yeah, the the to kind of to kind of build on that, if you don't mind, it's you know we I think we got to expect we we sometimes expect perfection out of ourselves, just the same way that it's. The, the way that it is to get over, I don't know. We sometimes think, well, you should know the answer. And the same for us. We right. think, well, I'm doing this coaching. I should know the question. There's a great quote right. from Malcolm Forbes, and he said, failure is success if we learn from it. And that's one of the right. things you have to give yourself that latitude as a coach is you will make mistakes, and you will go up. You may go up to a crying person one day and say, why in the world are you crying? And you think, oh, no, right. <laughs> I did that all wrong. Right. Right. And, why did I do that? Right. And, yeah, and that's and, just and, a but, great thing to think about as a coach. So give me that quote again. Failure is success if we learn from it. There you go. And, that's and that was from Malcolm, Malcom Forbes. Forbes. Yep. Malcolm I love Forbes, Malcolm yeah. Forbes. He, uh, he, had, he always had some great stuff. And uh, I loved reading Forbes magazine when he was running it. And that, that dates me right there, but uh, that's perfectly okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then I won't tell you my age uh, now. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back on that. And make you feel better, right? Yeah, we know you're much younger. It's okay. Um, <laughs> the other side of the coin is to yeah, we'll just get over it. Uh, the other thing is yeah. though, let's go back through the steps that you did for for this scenario because it's important for people to go. Okay, they're in a spot. They've got somebody at this I don't know that's clearly stuck. How do we get them unstuck? But the other thing I think is is too is true also. Before we move on to those steps is you left her feeling better about herself than when you started. Absolutely. And, and I think that's such an important key in coaching is how did we leave them? Do they feel better about themselves? Did we validate them? Is their, their self-belief built? And if we didn't do that, we're not really coaching them effectively. And so, excuse me, you've got to make sure that you, that you do that and that you process that effectively and, and get that process going. So, uh, with that being said, uh, we'll go over the steps. And so you noticed that she was struggling. You called a timeout. Um, you, you said, let's take a bit of a break. She stepped outside, so you, you know, followed her outside. She was crying. And so you, you knew that, okay, uh, you know, this is, we're at DEFCOM 4 in management here. Uh, we've got it. <laughs> The dam's broke. <laughs> That's right, yeah. We were going yeah. into disaster mode there. right then. Right, yeah. And and sometimes we go to our office and we cry ourselves. We don't have somebody come in and follow us. But that's the uh, that's a whole different podcast. So then, <laughs> yes, it is. It is a whole different podcast. But then, so, you, so you, you let her decompress. You ask her, you know, what's going on, what's happening. You let her decompress. She de- decompresses a little bit. And then she confesses that she's a perfectionist, right? Right. And, and that she's putting a tremendous amount of pressure on herself. And so then you, you let her go through that. Then you ask her, you know, what would a perfect world look like, you know, which is the, the magic question. You have a way, if you could wave a wand over somebody's head and they say, what does a perfect world look like? And then that didn't work, and you're going, well, it works in all the other books, right? Why didn't it work here? 
<laughs> exactly. Right, because they never have a real-life example like this in the books. That's what we should do, real-life coaching. It doesn't work the first time. Uh, Absolutely. Then, you know, yeah, because all of the books, all of, you know, I think that you've made a great point there. All the books are all perfect, and they just fall through the scenario. And, wow, this question here works, and this question here works, and we think it's formulaic, and it's it's really more like a river. We've got to kind of wind through the process rather exactly. than just go for the straight line that the coaching process is. But, but anyway, I'm, I'm bloviating, so forgive me here for a second. So then you let her decompress. You ask her what's going on. You, then, then you ask her permission. I think this is very important for people to recognize this. Ask permission before you played pass player counteroffer, right? Yes, absolutely. And then after you played, and then fortunately she took, thank you, Jesus, she took the first, the first solution you offered, right? Right, right. <laughs> and, and, it, and, and, you know, you're exactly right because I, I think it's, it's, good to recognize here the pressure on a coach in this situation as well and i I want for anyone who's listening i I don't i don't want you to think that this was easy for me that suddenly these thoughts just flowed into my head you know it was one of those things and like you said it is a river you said okay here comes a curve what is my answer to this curve okay here comes a curve what's my answer to this curve and that really helped me find those extra tools and not to get down on yourself whenever you feel like, okay, I'm stuck. And right. you feel like they're stuck. And that's a, it, it, it says a lot to, I just want to recognize coaches right now that if you're, you know, you're listening and you're thinking, oh man, I'm just keeping on messing this whole thing up. It happens. It happens. I've been doing this a long time. You've been doing this a long time and we still find ourselves in situations. We have no idea where we're headed. Right. But we'll just keep plugging away and, and, you know, chipping right. away in the darkness and hope we'll find the exit door, you know, and it'll pop open and away exactly. we go. And, 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 and typically you do, uh, but it doesn't happen immediately. And I think that's an important key, too, for managers and coaches just to recognize that, you know, it's not always the first solution. It's not always the easiest solution. Sometimes people struggle with it. Sometimes progress is, you know, two steps forward and one step back. And But still, I, I love the quote, and I, can, I don't know who to attribute this to, but success is progress. And I think that's an important key for all of us, too, is to recognize that success is progress. And she progressed that day, and so she walked away with a sense of, of, of feeling good about herself, a sense of success about herself, and, and, and it was a positive solution. So I think that's, uh, I think that's a, a, great, a great process to, to recognize and to see. And so, uh, and so that was the – we recapped the process there. Any closing thoughts or ideas that you want to share with the folks about, you know, uh, playing pass, play, or counteroffer, or, you know, if you were to do this again as a coach, anything you would do differently? I think that when you do this, um, it's important, you know, if you're going to play pass, play, and counteroffer, don't give solutions that you don't think will work or solutions that even Mm -hmm. you may think they want to hear. You know, don't just start coming up with a bunch of stuff. If you don't have the material to play the game, don't play the game. Um, Mm. But there's also a quote, and I'm like you too. You know, I don't, I don't know who to attribute it to, but it's be the somebody that makes everybody want to be a somebody. And that, to me, is a powerful way to look at this game. Are you helping them feel valued? Are you helping them, you know, take that? responsibility we've gotten past the awareness now so where now we're getting them to the responsibility portion of coaching and if you do it with that mindset that i want to be the somebody that's going to help everybody feel like a somebody well then by golly you're going to follow the right river and help that person 
get to their fullest potential. That's exactly right. You're going to, and that's what we really want is, you know, the reason we do this, the reason you and I do this is we love seeing people grow and progress and, and get a more sense of confidence that they have a better, more control of their lives, that managers, in a sense, are able to delegate more effectively. And so we want to see managers grow. We want to see employees grow. And that's why we do this. I mean, that's what geeks us up about this process and to be able to help right. managers coach more effectively. And I think that's, that's just an important key. So I was going to kind of re-briefly go through the process. You know, you recognize that the person's struggling. You took a timeout. You stepped outside. She cried. You debriefed. You, or, you, excuse me, you decompressed. You said, what's going on? She talked about her sense of perfectionism. With that sense, you let her talk about that so you could, you could actually decompress and she could actually kind of recapture her processes, where she's at. Then you said, okay, what about this? And so you did the traditional coaching questions and then, you know, they didn't work like they do in the books, which is, guess what, this is real life and the books are a book. And, right. um, and then ultimately, uh, then you said, okay, let's play pass, play, or counteroffer, and she had never heard of that before, so you, you suggest to her this is how it works. And then from that, she took the first one. You go back, and then the thing that I loved about it, which was just a great solution, was you went back and worked with her, and when you went back and worked with her, uh, you said, you know, kind of talk it out loud. Talk, you know, talk through the process so I can hear what's happening mentally in your head so that we can see what's happening. And when she did that, then it was truly a remarkable kind of progression you were able to hear what was happening. She was able to talk through it. So it sounds like she was kind of an extrovert and gave her an opportunity, to, you know, permission to talk out loud. And then when she did that, she was able to find her own solutions and even feel more confident and self-assured. And you validated her at the end, and she felt better at the end than when you started. And that's the key as a manager. Do we validate the people? Do we make them feel better? Do we make them feel good about themselves? And if we do that, then we can truly walk away being a great coach. And that's those are the steps that you did, Clinton, and I think that's just absolutely terrific. It's just, you know, a great way to, to demonstrate the process. Absolutely. Yeah. So with that, anything else before we wrap up, Clinton, any any magical thoughts? <laughs> I'm telling you, if I had magical thoughts, it, it would it would be a magical world. Um, but I guess, you know, I, thinking about those kinds of things, it really is down to the business of who you want to build up. You know, a, a world I, – I constantly think about this, but a world of people living up to their full potential would be an incredibly innovative world. And yeah, that's what coaching world. does. It allows – it would be – it allows people to live up to their fullest potential, not for who we see them as right now, but who they could be. And that's the amazing – and this is – this game, you know, the questions that we ask as coaches – that helped her become the fullest potential she could be in that moment with that process. Right. And right. that was what was great about it. You know, and, and who knows, this could, this could go on to change her whole life. With, if she's a perfectionist, there's no telling what else she could apply this to. That's the kind of right. thing, that, that's the key that coaching unlocks is that sort of potential in people. Well, and you, do, you did two things there to wrap up this. Um, is, you know, one is you said be the somebody that, makes everybody feel like a somebody, and you said you didn't know who to attribute that to, and I'm not taking credit for it, but actually that's in the bottom of my newsletter, so I'm sure you probably read my newsletter. There you, you go. Saw that and I, <laughs> so I, I can't take credit. It's not my quote, but I put it on, on, on the bottom of all of my newsletters, you know, be the somebody that makes everybody feel like a somebody. And the other thing is, too, I, I loved your concept in wrapping up there about you know, wouldn't this be an incredibly marvelous world if everyone was living up to their potential? I mean, they're not perfect. 
but living up to the potential that they can do at that moment and feeling confident and self-assured. And that's why I call this coaching for potential because we're really trying to get the people to the point where they can live out their fullest potential in any way, shape, or form, both the managers and the employees, and truly help them grow so that we can have a sense of uh, success, a sense of accomplishment, a sense of achievement. And we're walking away, you know, kind of, you know, tomorrow you're walking a little bit higher and stronger and straighter than you are today uh, with a sense of self-confidence that you can only get when you're helping someone be the best that they can be. So, Clint, and I cannot say thank you enough for, for helping with those two closing ideas, and I want to say thank you for being on the podcast today. It was, it was great information and a great story, so thank you. Yeah, man, thank you. You bet. Have a great one. Oh, what a good conversation with Clint Wilson. Sorry. I, I, I love the story. It's just a great story to hear. And, you know, he was working with some folks, and they were stuck, and they couldn't move forward. And he said, time out, stepped outside, and talked to the employee in, a, in an area that was kind of private because she was clearly upset. And, you know, just to see the results that he got and, and also to see the results that he had internally, that he, you know, he felt so good about the progress because that's a key, too. Not only do we help the employee, but all of a sudden his confidence level as a manager goes up because he's got a tool that he knows if he uses it appropriately, he can really get the results he's looking for. Well, this is a very common situation, and obviously um, your coaching with him and your involvement with uh, his organization has helped him move some people ahead. So how, how could people get a hold of you in the future if they want that type of assistance? Absolutely. You can get a hold of my website. It's RoryRoland.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D.com. And uh, also we've got uh, the learning management system called Coaching Manager University, a great opportunity for folks to learn more about coaching. And actually it's an online learning system. So if they want to learn how to coach uh, and progress in the, in the future of that, it is a great tool for that. So those are the two ways they can get a hold of me. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.